Racing Nation with James O'Shea. Joining me now on Racing Nation from Betfair, RSN and Best Bets to look at this wonderful meeting from Caulfield. Tim Gill, how are you? I was just trying to... I thought I'd have an intro song today, the Grand Old Flag theme song, but didn't quite get that one up today. Isn't that next week? Oh, you know, it's a warm-up. A warm-up? Well, what do you need two weeks to prepare for anyway? Oh, oh you know, we, we just need that. It's a, anyway, yes, I'm looking forward to Saturday. Good day of racing the... Uh, <laughs> Time-honoured Rupert Clark Stakes, a wonderful, wonderful racing and always tricky because we don't see a lot of these really strong handicap races and you'll find that I'm going to lay one just because of the handicap. But yeah, look, good day of racing and good day of racing in Sydney as well. A very good day out there, we could say. But yeah, uh, yeah looking forward to talking about Caulfield with you, mate. All right, well, let's have a look. You mentioned uh, you've got a lay coming up in the big one, but we'll get to that when we get to that. Let's have a look at your best bets on the program. First of all, the good things on the card. Let's have a look at those. We can start in the third. Off the track community, TG Prelude, 1,400 metres of Group 2 here. This one is for the three-year-old fillies. What do you like here? Well, we're going to go with one that we've kept a fair bit on this show. I think we're three out of or four of, of uh, her first. Her, her four starts, but Heresy, Heresy, whatever we're going to call it, mm. but number one, race three, number one, Heresy, I think. I really always thought she was going to be quite a good thousand guineas type of horse, and she comes into the prelude here off the back of a terrific run, I thought, at Caulfield first, uh, second up, I should say, over 1,200 metres, and that was after an eye-catching run first up at, at Caulfield over 11. I think she gets the right trip now. I think 14 to 16 is going to be her sweet spot. Um and drawn really, really well. Didn't quite get a good gate first up over the 11, but I think drawn terrifically well. Damien Oliver sticks, which is always a big play here. But I just think coming back to her own sex is a critical factor here, and I think she's going to be very hard to beat. So race three, number one, Heresy. Heresy, race three, number one. Let's go to the next of your uh, good things on the program. We can go to the sixth on the card here. It is the Foresight for Living Legends Handicap, 1,400 metres. It is a benchmark 90. Your thoughts here? Yeah, look, it's, it was hard to probably find three standout bets on the program other than and the two others other than Heresy were, were difficult. But I think I've put my other two on based on ones I just reckon look really well placed. And this is particularly one that stood out to me in number three, Anavisto. Uh, you know, she had a terrific preparation last time in. She won a couple of states grade races, but I just really got taken behind her first up run at Caulfield in a very, very similar race to this one, the 1400 metre benchmark 90. And she was beaten there by Tara, who went out and won at Stakes Company last, uh, last start, at, as we know, at Flemington. So I think the format of that read terrific because only just lost in a bob on the line there. Uh, against a subsequent t- group two winner. I think second up her form is really, really good and I just think she looks very well placed. She draws gate five, which gives her every opportunity to get up on the speed, which is her racing style. And yeah, look, I think well weighted 57 kilos. I think she's in. She's the one to beat here in this race, race five, number three, uh, race six, number three, Anna Visto. And Avisto in the sixth. Let's go to the ninth on the program. It is the lucky last one of the features of the program at Group Three level. It's the Ned's How Now Stakes, 1200 metres set weights here for the mares. Thoughts here? Yeah, look again, probably you know a tricky sort of race with a, a few tricky race uh, races across the day. So 
finding it difficult to find the absolute standouts. But same as I just said with Anavisto, I, I'm looking for ones that look well placed. And one that stood out to me in race nine was number three, Bella Nipatina. She was terrific, I thought, last start. Um, at, at Sorry, she was terrific winning here, two back at Caulfield over 1,100 metres. She went to Mooney Valley and she drew gay one in that day, which really, really cost her, to be honest, because she never actually saw clear air from about the 400 through the 150. But geez, when she got clear after running up bums, she just hit the line absolutely perfectly, I thought. And I just think getting to a bigger, bit of a bigger track and drawing just a tiny bit out, I reckon it's going to be her go because she can just get into a safer position. Um, Craig Williams sticks as well, which is always a good lead at this time of year. People are staying on the good horses. So I think she just looks a lot better than a mixed form lines here. But yeah, race nine, number three, Bella Nipotina to finish us off for the day. All right, so they are the good things on the program. Race three, Heresy. Race six, number three, Anna Vista. Race nine, number three, Bella Nipotina. Let's go now to the feature of the day, if we can. The Ned's uh, Rupert Clark Stakes. It's over 1,400 metres. It's a Group 1, as you mentioned, one of the great races at handicap level. I'm going to see a full field go around here. Time of recording, the emergency still not gaining a start, which will or could have an impact on the field because it's considered a strong chance, the first emergency, or refer to one thunderstruck. But let's talk about this race and your thoughts. And in this race comes up um, a roughie that you like and also one, as you said, is your lay of the day. Because I think the handicaps are obviously designed to be beaten, right? And I think that's where you'll notice over the last three or four years, some of the, particularly if a horse is winning with a, with a high weight, they're an absolute superstar. And I think there's a couple of horses in this race that just find the weight against them, including who I think is a terrific horse in Poverbill, um, a weight-carrying record just about to win that. But Look, I think if I'm going to give you three selections being the best, the best lay and the best roughy in this race, I'd probably just have Bo Rosser on top. I'm interested to see if I'm thunderstruck gets a start because mm-hmm. I think um, it's, look, this is a horse on the up and the key thing is beat, probably beating the handicapper with a whopping 52 kilos on board. So, look, I'll probably just have Bo Rosser on top and, and I'm thunderstruck is a good way. I, I think there's a terrific roughy here in number 10, Irish Flame. Now, this horse um, probably might be looking for further, and we might see in some other types of races coming up around the 2,000-metre mark when he'll hit his steps. But I, I love his first up run in a Chautauqua sprint at Mooney Valley behind some very good horses. He absolutely savaged the line, and mm. I, I just figure that getting down to 52 kilos now, which is basically nothing, and 1,400 metres is just going to suit, and getting around the $30 price, I reckon the best best roughly of the day, by the way, race eight, number 10, Irish Flame, and because we're talking all about Betfair, I'm going to have a lay <laughs> in this race, and I'm going to lay the big boy, I'm sorry, Sammy Lyons, if you're listening, I'm sure you are, but I'm going to lay race eight, number one, Behemoth, I think 59, it did win it with 60 last year, but in a race where there's some very lightly weighted horses, I think he's going to struggle to just get over the top of some of these um, and hold them off potentially as well. And you know, now giving four kilos to Bo Rosser is a big, big, big question mark. So for me, I'm going to lay race eight number one behemoth. I don't think he can win this race today. He'll be in the finish, but I think that he's going to be just overrun by the weight. So race eight number one is the best lay of the day. Behemoth, gee, you're not in the Behemoth fan club, eh? You laid him last start too. Yeah, and he got me, didn't he? <laughs> But no, it's, uh, he's got great guns, but it's a great race. And like you said, handicaps-wise, to get um, you know, giving away seven kilos and that to some of those horses. But as you said, that's, uh, that's the way it goes. So. Well, I mean, if you, yeah. if you look at the if you look at the last start, and, and I think you know, 
talking about education as we talk through this discussion, of course. But you know, Bo Rossler goes round last start with 58 and a half against Behemoth 59. Now Behemoth keeps at 59, whereas Bo Rossler down to 55 here, and you know Bo Rossler all but beat Behemoth last start. So to get a weight swing like that is is a big 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 question mark, you know. And I think that's where I think Bo Rossler just looks beautifully weighted down to 55 kilos and and the one to beat for mine. So that's kind of where. The, the handicap has probably caught one of them out here, but look, he's a terrific horse, and he'll probably leave me with egg on his, egg on my face, and so be it. But yeah, that's where I think the best lay of the day is. All right, so we've got the best lay is uh, in, in in the Sir Rupert Clark. It is Behemoth the one, and the great roughy there at the big odds. It is Irish Flame. Let's look across the program here to find a, a little bit of value, and you did find one at value, but the markets have agreed with you, and it's uh, it's. Well, continued to tumble, but I'll let you tell us about it. Let's go back to the first. It's always good to find a winner in race one. Gee, you must yeah. have got on before you're going to tell us on this program. That might be it. But anyway, no, tell us your thoughts race no, one. I, 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 didn't, <laughs> I haven't got on. I didn't perform on a Wednesday night, as you would know, and the listeners probably would know it's the Wednesday night tradition, but yes, I, didn't, I stupidly didn't get on. There's an early price, sort of a decent value, I thought, because... Clear top pick for me in race number one is the Gouch. I think second up, this horse looks extremely hard to beat in a benchmark 78. Um, claim, gets a terrific claim, which I think is a big, big, big plus here. But mm. yeah, he, look, he's, they've been, he's been found in the market, so maybe he's not value now, but you know, you still, you still may get around the five or the 550 or $6 mark at some stage through the betting. But yeah, he looked at the, just one of the better values, I thought, because there's a few shorties that might go around. So race one, number two, the Gouch, probably one of the better value bets of the day. All right, that's your thoughts on the program. Now we talked footy, so we're going to wait another week. So, <laughs> playing who you thought you'd play? Yeah, I, no, I would have thought Port Adelaide was going to be Footscray, yeah. to be honest. Um, but um, if you had a, it, was funny. I think you asked me before the game. I'd be would have happily played Footscray because I think they they've had a really deep, long preparation now, and the, you know it must be about to get to them, but. Geez, I watched them and I thought I don't want to be playing foot straight because they're just looking so good. So I think it's going to be a classic grand final. I know I'd hope Melbourne wins and devastated I can't be there. And Mark McGowan, I know you're probably listening, so if you do feel like flying me over, um, please feel free to do so. But <laughs> uh, oh, gee, you're up and about the sub. You've got shout-outs to everybody, all, all, the, all, all of the big names. Yeah, look, I... <laughs> It wasn't through lack of time that I'm not there, I can tell you that right now. But, uh, you know, look, yeah, it's hard to say. I think it's going to be a classic grand final. The best part about it probably is if I try and step a little bit out of the uh, the blinkers being on, I think this is the two best teams of the year, no doubt. They're both sort of one and two, arguably, across the whole year. And that's probably a great outcome that we get to see them play off in the, in the prime game of the year and hopefully the best team wins being Dees. And I'm looking forward to that. We'll talk more about that next week. Now, also, just before I let you go, I do want to ask, we often talk about a few different sports with yourself, knowing that you're a wonderful sporting fan, and I know you, we know you're a big fan of the game of tennis. Now, we've spoken a lot about Novak Djokovic. Well, shock, horror. He, uh, he was soundly beaten by Medvedev on the early hours of Monday morning, our time, waking up and watching that, and dropped the first, only, <laughs> only narrowly, 6-4, but dropped the second, 6-4, and then next thing he was down two breaks in the in the third. He, he clawed one back, but uh, but it wasn't to be. There were three three sporting events that were over within 10 minutes over the weekend. That was Melbourne, Geelong, Kitsko, <laughs> Port Adelaide, and Denny Medvedev versus Novak. It was 
he just didn't turn up, to be completely honest. He just had, he, he was a bit like Port Adelaide, just a, a deer in the headlights, just didn't turn up, you know, and um, he looked flat, he looked slow, he looked tired. Um, he broke down afterwards, I wondering if there was something wrong. Um, you know, he just didn't turn up and that was probably, you know, he'll definitely retire with the most um, slams because there's no doubt about that he'll win another a couple next year for sure. But that was the one that was probably going to define his career that he, exactly. he missed the opportunity of the short price favourite exactly. to win a, a grand slam. And that's kind of sad because he, he'll go down as the all-time winning slam champion, but he also threw away probably the best chance anyone's ever had in 50 years to win a, a whole grand slam. So, yeah, what a what an absolute meltdown that was. Yeah, no, I agree. And also, I do agree wholeheartedly, to be honest, but also I think our credit is all member dev. He... Um, you know, he was there to win as well. He wasn't going to just go down and roll out the carpet to uh, Mr. Djokovic, and he took it to him, and he just, as you said, he just... Yeah, he just, I, he was, I saw a stat that said something like he served an average of 18 to 19% faster on his second serve than he ever has yeah. in the game, never ever. And it's like he, he turned up to play, and Novak didn't. Basically, he'd done his homework, Denny, and um, the dead fish celebration was quite humorous, but he got it, and it was a terrific win. Yeah, no, it was a great win. So, uh, yep, so that's the US Open. There's lots of things happening in, in September. It's not just spring racing. It's not just finals footy. It's always US Open time as well and uh, plenty of things that are, that are happening in sport to keep us entertained at the moment. But racing-wise is one that we're going to uh, focus on. Uh, we mentioned before um, you're part of the team from Betfair. So for Betfair, plenty happening and reasons for people to, to choose to download that app and, uh, and bet with Betfair during the spring with confidence. Yeah, totally. And I think, um, as I sort of alluded to over the past few weeks, you know, liquidity is obviously quite critical with Betfair markets to get some great prices. But uh, Cornellas and Exactors are starting to take off and there's some good money in the markets now. So if you're sort of two or three minutes out from a race and you're keen to try out a Cornella or an Exactor with Betfair, it's a really good time to do it because people are starting to jump on and, and I think it's a great way to bet with a product that allows you to choose the price, of course. But this is a this spring and, and jump on board and gamble responsibly. Yep, sound advice. Tim, as always, appreciate your time. Always enjoyable to chat all things sport and racing. And let's hope we can find a few winners. And uh, really looking forward to talking to you this time next week. <laughs> what will we be a few hours, 48 hours or so away oh, from, from the big one? Oh, will you boy. be available or have you just gone into lockdown next week? Are you available next week? Or? Uh, look, we can't leave. 20 metres from our house in, in COVID state of the world, to be honest. So I'll be here, James, ready to talk about the deeds as much as we get. Maybe that's what we'll give the listeners. We'll give a five-minute preview of the, of the big one as well. Maybe a few little bets to put in there have been going all right in the same game multis with the deeds. So, yeah, we're looking forward to it. It's it's only the third time in my 40-plus years I've seen them in the big dance. Unfortunately, not being their lives, but, um, you know, terrific, terrific times and really looking forward to a cracking shot at winning a grand final. All right, we'll look forward to that. We'll talk about that next week. We'll get through Saturday first. You enjoy uh, the big day of racing. And as I said, for the punters, hopefully we'll help them find a few winners. Yeah, absolutely, James. And uh, go days a week early. <laughs> yeah. You're listening to Racing Nation with James O'Shea. 